Hello, church. How are you doing? You doing okay? You doing all right? You better have some cowbells and some air horns. If you do, by the way, warn the person in front of you. Just before you do, it just happens like, hey, I'm about to be just, just so loud. So uh, we're going to celebrate here in a little bit. But I wanted us to walk to the celebration in a way that everyone listening knows exactly what's happening. I know sometimes our, our version of going to church, some of you might be brand new, someone tricked you into going to church tonight, and you're going, what in the world is going on? Or, or you're here as a guest of someone, you might not agree with what, what we've locked onto and what we find important in life. So what I want to, no matter what you believe and where you come from, I want you to know that we don't like playing church. Our intention is not just to go through rituals and routines in a way that some know what's going on, some don't. And so we've actually been doing a series. We've been doing a series walking through some of, oh, I would say the most pivotal, at least the, the most of the rituals that we do as a church, to where asking the question, why do we do them? Uh, so we don't play church, so we are very clear on everything going on. And, and everyone's been doing this. It's a part of Fountain Springs. So, so the fellows at RCMU, Rapid City Minimum Unit, it's a local prison in town. We have a location there. So they've been going through the same series. Why? If you're here with me, the West location is what we call this, is you've been going through it. If you've missed it, you ought to go listen or watch. Now, now, what I'm about to tell you might sound weird and morbid and just absurd that you, that you would do this, but, but listen, here's, what, here's the, some of the, the rituals that we went through. We started off with funerals. Yay, funerals. It's one of those talks, like, I don't want to talk about that. That's why we had to do it at the beginning. So you would actually plan on being here and not know what you're going to talk about. So we talked about funerals. And for those of you like, I don't want to listen to that, think about that, don't wait for grieving to occur to then just begin to deal with it. So I urge you, go watch it. Then, then the next week, we talked about weddings. Tried my best to offend as many people as possible, so you should go watch that one as well. And, and, then, and then last week, Pastor Todd did an incredible job explaining communion. So we don't just, as rituals, go through like, well, I'm supposed to, to drink this grape juice and eat this bread. And No, we wanted everyone to know why we do what we do. And so now we're going to go through baptism. This idea of having people celebrate their relationship, their belief that God loves them and has saved them from their sins. Now, now, now listen to this, because this is important. We're going to celebrate. You're going to clap, scream, however you celebrate. And, and I want you to. See, some of us didn't grow up in church where you could actually like, celebrate. You had to be kind of <clears throat> pretty somber and reserved. And, and, and I, don't, I don't want you to. I, if, you, if you know how to celebrate, I think this is the moment to do that when we celebrate what people's lives are, are, are in front of us. They're displaying they love Jesus. But let's back up and walk toward what's going on. Let me give you the definition of rituals as we defined it so everyone knows we're all on the same page. Rituals help us express our deepest thoughts and feelings about what we hold as important. So what you will at least observe today is this, is a ritual called baptism. And, and, and what's happening in that is there are people who will go underwater come out of water. For those of you who are afraid, do they keep them under there for a certain amount? No, they'll come back up. And, and you're like, why do we do that? That seems a bit, come on, weird. Especially for those of you who are new to church, you're like, so you come to church and they did the weirdest thing. People got in like this bathtub thing and they went underwater and came back up and people clapped and it just was weird. Unless you grew up in church, you're like, I know exactly, but, but think about this. Not all of us grew up in church and we are a group of people that we just don't want to assume anything. So rituals help us express what you actually believe. And so that's why we have communion. 
That's why funerals happen. That's why weddings happen. So baptism. Here's, Here's a definition of baptism. A baptism is a ritual for the purpose of publicly declaring. Now, I'm going to stop. Listen, there is nothing in the Bible. Jesus never taught this. In fact, from beginning to end, there's no statement. There's no story that says, hey, what you believe is just between you and God. It's actually very public. And if you've if you paid attention through the whole ritual series, you've learned that, uh, oh, wow, a lot of this is about just acknowledging that you publicly believe in God. Baptism is that. The purpose of publicly declaring. Here's what they're declaring. I believe Jesus has forgiven my sins. What they're declaring by going underwater is that that old self, that old style of living, the old way of living, the sins, all of that has been buried and then they come up washed brand new. It's a symbol of a true belief going on internally. It's not designed just to be some ritual that, well, I better do that so I make it into heaven. No. And in fact, I think it has greater meaning than that. But you need to know that the people being baptized are not declaring publicly that they're perfect and will never make a mistake the rest of their lives. Please do not ascribe that thing to them. Do not assume that on them. Do not tell them. Do do not believe that because it is not a declaration that they will never have another problem in life. It's not a declaration that they are sin-free the rest of their life and it doesn't matter, they're going to be perfect. Every choice they make will be perfect and brilliant. No, it's saying, I will be imperfect. I will go through valleys. I will walk on mountaintops. And in all of that, I will lean on and trust Jesus as my Savior. That's what they're saying. So when it says this, publicly declaring, I believe Jesus has forgiven my sins And I identify as being a part of God's family. It's an identification. That's why they're doing it in front of us at church. That's why we're gathered here and they're going to come up out of water. They're signifying that, yeah, I got my biological family and got some weird uncles and aunts and things like that. They got that. But what they're saying is I'm a part of God's family. If you're reading your Bible, it talks about God adopting us. And so when they come out of that water, they are declaring to you and me, to God, to anyone who witnesses this that they are not good enough to forgive their own sins. They are not good enough to be good enough. They are not good enough to be from a good enough family in order that they can just live a life that is good enough in order that God's like, hey, good job. You are a good person, so come on in heaven. They aren't declaring it. They're saying, hey, I'm not good enough, but Jesus is. Now, let's walk into a sensitive conversation. See, someone's like, yeah, I get this, David. I grew up in a family that was all about this, and, and I was baptized and saved when I was a baby. So, I want to deal with the number one, at least at this church, the number one misconception, the, the number one misinterpretation of baptism. Now, don't worry for those who are like, is he about to give us his opinion? No, I'm going to use the life of Jesus to explain this. But I wanted to put on the table at least the number one misconception about baptism. Here, here it is, here it is. Baptism is not someone else's decision. Baptism is not someone else's decision. Now, some of you, you want to throw things at me, so I'm just going to preach from back here for a while. No, it's not someone else's decision. 
No, no, but wait, 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 wait. Are you discrediting what uh, you know, my parents did or grandparents or <clears throat> aunt and uncle? Or, or, no, 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 I'm not trashing that. And in fact, I think it was wonderful intentions. If you were baptized as a baby, those were wonderful intentions. You are not dishonoring what your parents or grandparents did. They wanted you to know God. But what I'm telling you, according to the life of Jesus, baptism is supposed to be an individual's decision. Not someone else's decision. Now, now, for those of you who are like, that's not what I was taught. That's not what I was taught. Some of you are like, like, well, if I get baptized now, I was baptized as a baby, but if I get baptized now, does that mean I'm sinning? Does that mean, no, 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 no. I, I wanna show you Jesus's life. You can argue with me all day long and, and, and you, can, you can have your own system of beliefs, but what I wanna do is like we've done through the whole series. Let me just simply show you what Jesus did, okay? I'm not gonna go into, here's what this denomination says or this tradition or what grandma always preached to us. I just wanna show you Jesus's life regarding baptism and dedication and all that. Let me show this to you. Luke chapter 22. Then it was time for their purification offering. It's talking about Joseph and Mary. As required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents, Jesus's parents, took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Up, to present him to the Lord. What they were doing was they were going to dedicate that child that they believe God made, that, that human being, God made this human being. They were going to go present that child to the Lord saying, God, we believe you made him. He is a reward. He is amazing. And we're going to present him and say, you are in charge. We will steward this child, raise this child as best as we possibly can. But this child is yours, God. After the birth of a child, so his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. They really valued firstborn. We talk about first fruits here all the time as a church. So what I want you to see is Jesus was not baptized as a baby. Okay, so we will go on though. Uh, if you jump into Matthew 3, he was baptized. Uh, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, John the Baptist. If you don't know how he got that name, this, this should sink in. Uh, but John tried to talk him out of it, which you and I would have too. If Jesus comes up to you, hey, will you baptize me? Like, you're Jesus. I mean, you, and so, so, but John tried to talk him out of it, you would you? And, then, and I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, so why are you coming to me? Which was a question you and I would have processed. But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Now, if, I don't know if you've ever wondered this. I've told you what baptism is, is when someone believes that, that they have sinned, they've been imperfect in life, but Jesus saved them because of their sins. Well, you should ask the question, wait a minute, Jesus never sinned, why did Jesus even need to be baptized? If you read through your Bible, you'll learn that Jesus never sinned, but he did take upon his shoulders your sins and my sins. And so he carried them, if you will, carried them for you and I, which is one of those most radical acts of love that perfect God would say, hey, you can't fix your sin problem, but I can because I'm perfect. So Jesus comes to earth and lives a man's life, gets killed all for your sins and my sins, all in essence saying, hey, you have a debt. You're never going to pay that debt. It's impossible. So I will cover it for you. So when Jesus came to earth before he died, he got baptized playing out what God had decreed he must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. 
after his baptism, baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Do not anticipate that to occur in this room. <clears throat> you never know, though. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. I just wanted to show you, you can argue all day long, you can go home in your cars and be like, I don't know if I agree with David. All I just showed you was what Jesus did. And so what I want to do is, as a pastor and leader of this church, is to show you who Jesus is. And I think if you and I take Jesus' life and we say, I'm going to model my life. I'm going to listen to what he had to say. I'm going to do what he had to say. I'm going to apply that in my life. Well, that's powerful. So that's why I'll show you what Jesus did. Jesus was dedicated as a baby, but he was baptized later on in life. So as a church, here's what we do. If you, if in a little bit, as we do baptism, if you want your two-year-old to get baptized and you go back there, we will tell you a very kind no. I know some of you are like, wait a minute. This is what I, read. I was raised to believe that. No, with this church, what we have locked on is we're following Jesus' model. And it is not someone else's choice. It's not grandma's choice. It's not your tradition's choice. It's your choice. So let me press into your life with a very simple question. Who is your savior? I just want you to process and think through. I don't know where you've been at today or even in the past. I don't know what you've walked through. I don't know, I don't know frankly, who you've been relying on, but I'm gonna have that conversation with you right now. The moment that, that you do pass from life to death and what gets put on the table is how you lived life, what are you relying on? What are you relying on? Are you relying on, well, maybe, maybe grandma was super religious and boy, could she pray and, and she went to church like every time the doors were open and, and you're relying on grandma's faith to potentially get you some good credit in heaven. And that's what some of us do. Maybe some of you are just relying on yourself. And I've heard it over and over and over again. People talk about how good that person was and boy, I'm just trying to be good enough to make it into heaven. I'm just trying to be good enough that God will like me and that's not how God functions. He loves you no matter really what you do. What I wanna press over to you is who is your savior? You? Is that what you're resting on? Is yourself to be good enough? And if you're like, no, you know what, David? No, I don't, wanna, I don't want my salvation to be rooted in me or or grandma, or the traditions I grew up in. Maybe some of you are just, you don't believe in God. And, and, and that requires faith to not believe in God. It requires faith to believe in God. Where is your faith? Who is your savior? If you are willing to walk this out, say, you know what? I think the only man to be proven dead, documented by multiple sides of people who believed in him as savior and who didn't, and then three days later, Multiple witnesses, over 500 people saw him alive and walking around, documented by both Romans and Jews. And well, if someone has done that, I think that you and I would press into that guy's life. And Jesus did die on a cross Amen. to cover our sins, to pay the debt, but he did raise from the dead. So that's why I ask you who is your Savior? We as a church believe strongly that the only one who can save us, the only way to God is through Jesus. So here's how this looks. 1 John 1, 9 describes it. It doesn't get all weird. But if we confess our sins to him, 
You don't know, you don't know what it means to go from, from an old way of living to a new life, a forgiven life, a life dedicated to Jesus, but if we confess our sins to him, where you just simply say, say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. You don't have to list them out. You will not remember all of them. <laughs> but if we confess our sins to him, say, I'm sorry for my sins, all the stuff I've done that I remember and that I don't remember, I'm so sorry. He is, here's what he will do, faithful, because he promises, and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If you want to rely on Jesus for your salvation, it starts with just simply confessing to him and saying, you know what, I'm not gonna rely on myself anymore. I'm gonna rely all on you, Jesus. So when the people get baptized today, I want you, I want you to hear this. They are not saying I'm perfect. They're saying Jesus covered all of my imperfections. So for some of you, are kind of freaked out about this stuff because you got to feel that pressure. It's, it's not for me. I'm not trying to convict or condemn anybody. But some of you are like, wow, I, maybe I'm supposed to get baptized and you're feeling this. Your heart rate has increased and you're like, wow, because here's what I'm going to say. Some of you are here. You did not plan on it. <clears throat> you're supposed to get baptized today. You didn't go through the class earlier this week or this month. Guess what? You just went through it. Good job. And you're going, I didn't come prepared for this. Don't worry, we came prepared for you. <laughs> so what we've got is, is, is here in a minute, I'm gonna invite anybody who wants to, who didn't come prepared, but you feel, you know that God's spoken to you and you got baptized as a baby or you didn't, but you yourself have never made that public decision. You didn't make it and it's ready. Your moment is today. Here's what you do here in a moment. You're gonna go to this door over here or this door over here to my, to my right and left and you'll go back there and we will give you a change of clothes, a towel, your own individualized changing room. And you will get ready to be baptized, publicly declaring that Jesus is your savior. You aren't your savior. Your family's not your savior. Your religion isn't your savior. Jesus is your savior. Amen. Now, some of you are gonna wrestle. You're like, in front of all these people? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, that's a normal thing. Some of you are gonna wonder, well, what, what's so-and-so gonna think if they see me get up? They're gonna know that, you know, I haven't ever been baptized. And, and what are they gonna think? Here, I'm gonna tell you what they're gonna think. They're gonna be proud of you. The Bible helps us walk this out a little bit in Romans. Uh, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Sometimes I think in the United States, in fact, I'm even pressing it in South Dakota, I think oftentimes we keep things so private that, that we are on the borderline of being ashamed of what we believe. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. There have been people killed because of this good news. They are not ashamed. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. So that's why I press into your life. Are you supposed to be baptized today?